0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Talking, we felt like, man, when we're talking about being anxious for nothing, it's probably pretty important to learn how to trust in God. But trusting in God is, is just one of those easy phrases that we can throw out there. What does that really mean? What does that look like? Um, In all honesty, for me, this has been one that that has been challenging. I've had to process through what it looks like to trust in God. And as I have been spending time processing and, and preparing for this message, one of the things that kept coming over and over and over, it just kept coming up, was share about your life. See, one of the things that my wife and I have come very accustomed to is how to trust in the Lord. And I don't know if I've really ever taught anybody through that. And I'm excited, but I'm also intimidated today because it's a huge subject to try to break down within a short amount of time. So my hope is that you would be able to get some of this and be able to apply some of this. I'm not expecting of you to take everything away, right? I'm not, I'm not expecting you to get all the things that I say, but I'm hoping That our hearts would be ready to receive one thing or two things that we can apply to our life today. And while we do that, I would like to pray for us as we get going. Father, I thank you so much for this time. It's because of you that we get to be in this place. God, so many have been devastated by the weather, and I thank you that we are in a place like this, that we get to come and hear your word. That we get to be together. That we get to be challenged. That we're willing to be challenged. Father, I pray that your seed would fall down on good soil. And that spiritual rain would make it grow. That every person in this place would walk away with something today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Trusting in God is really a huge thing. And as I started thinking about it, I I came to the conclusion, it's hard for me to try to figure out what the Bible says about trust when I don't really know my definition of trust. Does that make sense? And we do this a lot of times when we hear a pastor speak or we read through the Bible, there are words that are used that we have a different definition of that word than really what the Bible is intending. And trust is one of those things. So, it's important for us to know where we stand with the word trust so we can move on to what the Bible says about trust. So, there are a few questions that are on your outline there. And I want us to take a couple of moments to answer them. How do you define trust? Has there been a time where trust has been broken? How did that break in trust affect you moving forward? So how do you define trust? Has there been a time where trust has been broken and how did that break in trust affect you moving forward? One of the things that I recognize is that we probably all have, deep down inside, we have a different definition of trust. Based off of how we were trained, how we were taught, our experiences, our hang-ups, our habits, all the things that have led to this point in life, we probably all have a different version of the word trust. Let me tell you what my definition of trust is. It's confidence in something or someone that's given out in portions.
1: Think about that for a second. We have been conditioned since the time we were born to portion out our trust.
0: But you can only trust them so much. Don't let them turn your back on you. Just get the front. I can trust you as far as I can throw you. We have been conditioned that certain people get more amounts of trust than others. For example, I have a babysitter. We have a babysitter, and she watches our kids. I trust that she will watch our kids according to the law that we have laid out for our home. She might be a little more fun than we are to the kids, but she is going to uphold that law. But I don't trust her to run my home. Why? Not that she's a bad person. I just don't know her that way. I have a person who does our taxes. I trust her to take my information and be able to do the best job that she can for our family at the same time upholding the integrity of law on her end but I don't trust her to watch my kids. Why? It's not that she's a bad person. It's just that I don't know her that way. So I started thinking, how, how will I even begin to describe biblical trust when I'm having a hard time understanding what that trust looks like? And the closest thing that I could come to is either a best friend or a spouse. The closest thing to giving all of my trust away lies within those people, but if we were all honest.
1: Do we fully trust them? Depending on our situations, our circumstances, some
0: bad things might have happened before we were married or even with a best friend. And so I trust them with the majority of my life, but I don't trust them to go out and do this. I trust them with this, but I don't trust them with this. In fact, most of the time we have two best friends. Why? Because we trust that this person's going to handle this information differently than I trust this person's going to handle that information. And I hope the two don't ever mix. Do Do you see what I'm talking about? See, we've conditioned ourselves within society on what trust looks like. And so it's really hard for me to understand what biblical trust is if I have a hard understanding, a hard time understanding what my trust is. How do I trust a God with everything when I'm used to trusting some things with something? There are three verses that I want to look at real quick this morning. Two are in your outline. One is not. The first one is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Isaiah 12-2, behold, God is my salvation, I will trust, and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Psalm 9-10, and and those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. The Bible's version of trust, and trust me, there are lots of verses talk about trust as something that we fully give away to God. But I ask the question again, how do I fully trust God when I'm used to only trusting in portions? There's a set of verses that come to mind actually when I was studying and it's this time where Jesus is with the disciples. It's in Luke chapter 6. It's not on the PowerPoint Which means you're going to have to actually physically pull out a Bible right now. There's one right in front of you. You don't have one. Pull out your Bible. This is the one time I'll allow you to use your Bible app. Ask my youth. I don't like it when they do that. They need to learn how to flip through a Bible. And for those of you that are flipping to the table of contents to find out where Luke is... Open up halfway through the Bible. You're either in Psalms or Proverbs or Song of Solomon. Flip over to the right quite a bit. You're going to get to Luke. If you get to Revelation, you've gone way too far. (laughs) If you got to the maps, you are still way too far. Come back a little bit. You are at Luke. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. It's all the way at the end there. And Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against it, and it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground, without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus uses the analogy of a house. I am going to use an analogy of a ladder. I believe trusting in God is a lot like climbing a ladder. There's steps. There are processes that one must go, to, go through to get to a place where you will fully trust God. In God, and I believe Jesus lays out three key foundational principles for us in this set of texts. And it, the first one is in verse 47: Everyone who comes to me, everyone who comes to me, you know, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please Him." Whoever comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, well, what is Jesus saying? You must believe that I am. The most foundational key to my ladder is that I am saved. That I have given my life to Christ. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Right? So we must first come to him. We must surrender our life over to him. That's the most foundational part of this entire ladder. If that step is broken we're going to have a hard time stepping up the ladder. But there's a second part to coming that we need to break apart here because there are several in this room that have given their life to Jesus. And I would say that coming also means that we are spending time in His presence. Let's be honest, in any marriage, any business, anything that goes on in life, if there is never a process or a time where I am sitting with the boss or I'm sitting with my wife or or spouse, if there's never a time where we are connecting, then there's just chaos. There's just ruin. You can't keep moving a machine if you don't know the direction you are to move it. You will destroy things. And that's the same thing. We have to build in us this habit of coming to him, of giving your life to him. But then also spending time with him. The second part is following right after that. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words. This is another one that I've learned really well in marriage shut your mouth. You know how many times I've gotten in trouble because she'll start saying something, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got this, and I just interrupt her and talk, and then I do it wrong, and she goes, yeah, if you would have just shut your mouth and listened to the rest of what I was saying, you would have known what to do before that, but now you've just gone and screwed it all up. You know how many times I come into the presence of God, and it's all about me talking and telling him what's on my mind? To where I never took time to come to him and actually listen to him and hear his words? What's fascinating to me is how many people will come up to me and say, yeah, but I don't hear God.
1: Yeah, well, the majority of the world doesn't either, verbally, audibly. But there's this book. That's what? What? His word. So I come to him. I hear what he is saying. He tells me what he wants. You know there are verses that say, love your neighbor as yourself? How are we doing with that? Love the Lord your God with all
0: your heart? How are we doing with that? There shall be no other gods before me? How are we doing with that? See, there are things that God has been speaking to us all along. How are we doing with that? And, that's, and this is actually where we start building the ladder. I've given my life to Jesus. I have a strong foundation to this ladder. Now, here's the key. I can come to him and I can hear him all day long. But unless I do the third part, which says, and does them,
1: then we're not building anything. We must come to him. We must hear what he is saying. And we must put those words into action. That's where we begin to build the steps of the ladder. Now,
0: it's not merely doing the action that builds the ladder. One thing, if you read the Old Testament, that is amazing, and it's probably the one thing that I like about the Israelites only is that when God moved, they built an altar. What did that altar signify? That God did something amazing? No, that their obedience led to God doing something amazing. So they would be walking through. If you read the story of Abraham, starting off at Genesis chapter 12, you will see the amount of times that he builds an altar and how many times he returns to the same altar to remind himself of God's faithfulness in his life. So for me, my altars are my journals. These are just a portion, trust me, of the last 15 years of my relationship with God. These are moments when God said, and I did. How do we build trust in God? By obedience. And here's the Amazing thing about that obedience, it's also getting him to trust more and more in us. Because he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. So as I'm coming to him, as I'm hearing what he is saying, I am acting those things out. I am doing those things. And let me tell you, it's not like all of a sudden God goes, hey, I want you to take over the world. That's not what he's talking about. He he will start off in small steps according to your faith. has been given you. And as he tells you, you start to do. So my journals, so if we're looking at it, I know that I'm set. I know that I'm saved. I probably give my life to Jesus every day to make sure I didn't screw it up the day before. So that one thing I can tell you, what about January 8th, 2007, three days before I was getting married? Joshua chapter 8, it's where Joshua is taking the Israelites in to take over the promised land. What are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? Lord, this sounds selfish, but how will I know? How will we know? What is going on? Our lives are starting new on Saturday, and we have no clue as to how to handle it. And now we will have a new ministry as well. And then I signed it. So amazingly, let me know, thanks. <laughs> See, what I didn't tell you is three days before we were getting married, my senior pastor, I was the graphics commu- uh, design guru of the church. And he said, We want to offer you this junior high p- position. Like three days before my marriage, you're going to sit me down and tell me that i got to make one of the other
1: biggest decisions of my life? Well, I need to pray on this. That was that step. Well, what if we went up again to this one? January twenty eighth, two 2010. Genesis chapter 12.
0: Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. I don't know what you are saying, Lord. If it's saying what I think you're saying to me, I'm scared. And the hardest thing for me to ever do is leave my family
1: and my support. This is tough stuff. But God's will is number one.
0: I've read this verse a thousand times, but for some reason, it felt like God was standing right in front of me, reading this verse for the very first time. What do you mean, leave everything that I know? What does that mean? Scott, this is greater than what you could ever hope or imagine. Just shut your mouth and listen, because I'm not going to tell you everything. I just need you to do this one thing right now. Haven't I been faithful? Yes, Lord. I see that you've been faithful, but I am also married. <laughs> she, will, my, she might have something a little different to say about this. <laughs> Went to my wife. I said, hey, this is what's happening. I need you. I need you to spend time with the Lord. I need you to confirm this. She Comes back. She's like, yeah, this is what God's saying. Listen, here's the decision. I'm putting my resignation at the church where I got saved where I started serving full-time ministry, where I got called into ministry. I also live there. I also work there, and I also worship there. So this decision means that all six of those things go away. I put my resignation in. I believe it was the beginning of February. Then we get to Three.
1: May 13th, same year. Three days before my last day at that church.
0: I still have no clue what I'm doing. Today is a weird day. Thinking I would be plagued with jet lag, we were just on a vacation.
1: I woke up super early to take on the day. Now, the rest of the day is upon us. And I just got a call for an interview. Following day is labeled Prayer and Promises. And here's the verse Philippians 4 6. Don't worry about a thing, instead, pray about everything. Job accepted. Following day, found an apartment. The following day, started the job. God, I'm climbing up this ladder. What are you doing? See,
0: Scott, I'm teaching you what it looks like to trust in me. When you get to this place, you can always know that you're secure because you've tested out the steps along the way. You can look back and you can see where I have spoken and where I have done. And because you were faithful, you wrote it down. And you will always be reminded
1: of that promise coming to pass. One of the journals that is not here was
0: a year after that. I'm working in the secular world. Not at church. A year after that, God says it's time I've brought you up levels. Now it's time for you to leave everything and let me figure it out. What? Scott, you will have family and friends that will leave you. But you have to know that we've tested and tried my word, and you know I'm faithful. I go in, and the one thing he said is glorify me through this process. I have definite non-Christian bosses. And I walk in there, and I go, here's my resignation. It's time for me
1: to leave. Okay, how much money do you need? I don't need any money. Like, it's time for me to go. Okay,
0: Scott, but you're secure here. Your future is here. You've turned this company upside down in a good way. Like, what do you need? I need to leave. This is my resignation. I've raised up managers for you. Seamless. They have relationships with the clients. Seamless. How are you going to provide for your family? I don't know. What do you mean? Well, I serve a big God. He's been faithful to me. Scott, I can't accept your resignation. You're going to have to call your boss and tell him that I'm leaving. I can't do it for you. Well, where are you going to go? I don't know that either. What competitor are you going with? I'm going to a church. What are you doing at a church? Volunteering full time? How are you going to pay the bills? I don't know that. What do you mean you don't know that? I serve a God who has been faithful to his word in my life. And so I will stand on that word right now and know that I will be taken care of. She looks at me. She looks at my immediate boss. This is our, the Western Region manager. And she's looking at me and she goes, look, I've never done this before, but I don't know why. Right?
1: <laughs> I love that. I don't know why. I'm going to lay you off. So what she said, I'm going to lay you off.
0: I'm going to fill out all the unemployment paperwork. So that way, at least something's coming in
1: until you can figure it out. Huh? How does that work? Okay, well, listen, listen if
0: you're going to do that, we were going through major layoffs, and my department was the only one that never had a layoff. I was like, but if I do that, I'm handing you this $80,000 a year salary,
1: and you're saving the people on the chopping block that you're waiting to let go in my department. Okay, fine. I walked out of there blown away, but reminded of the
0: faithfulness of God. Going home and journaling, and I couldn't find that one for some reason. I found the one where it says, I think I'm crazy, I'm gonna be volunteering at a church full time. I know you're probably bored by now, I get it.
1: Here's this one. September 2nd. Get
0: an email from Lompoc Foursquare about a possible position. September 7th, on our way to visit Lompoc Foursquare. September 23rd, phone call conversation with Pastor Bernie about what the next steps look like and agree to visit And visit the youth group. Blown away at this whole process. One minute we don't have a job, and the next we are looking at possibly moving. This last couple of weeks has been surreal. I don't know what to think or say. I just know that this next decision will be life changing. And not for just now, but for the future. Here's the amazing thing about building this ladder is I have tested and I have tried each step. And even when a step might've been breaking a little bit, I have worked on it and set it up to where it is strong and it is gonna hold this weight. And I am moving up this ladder and I get... Closer to the top, and I'm able to look down and see the faithfulness of God in my life. I can see where He directed, where He moved, what He did in my life, to where now I'm able to stand confident, not only with where I'm at, but where I'm going. And then we continue to climb the ladder. May 29th, 2018. Well, night one received the direction for our youth and our youth leadership. Morning two really
1: felt and was stirred that we aren't called to Lompoc. Night two. Well, Lord, we're stepping out with faith because we know that you're faithful. We know that we need to bring the gospel to those who need it. See, my ladder is not done, nor do I think it ever will be.
0: Man, I don't don't know the answers to all the questions you're thinking right now.
1: I have no stinking clue what this looks like. But you know what? I'm standing up here, and I'm looking down at all the times God was
0: faithful in my life. Teaching me how to trust in him. Teaching me how to get further up and further in. And you know what's amazing about standing up here? Is now I'm starting to see God's vantage point. I'm starting to see things God sees. You know the amazing thing about being up high? I mean, in the mountains. You can hear things that you probably couldn't hear when you were on the ground. So I'm on top of this ladder, and I'm now able to hear him clear. I'm on top of this ladder, and it's no longer shaky. Why? Because we have worked through the process of how to get to the top of this ladder. Even if things started to shake, I can stand confident knowing that those steps were tried, and they are true.
1: You know another great thing about being on top of the ladder? There's nothing to hold on to but him. See, I believe that God wants us to walk through this process.
0: I believe that he's wanting to teach us how to trust in him more. Why? Because he wants to trust in us with everything as well. He wants to know that when he prompts your heart in a grocery store, that you will go pray for them. He wants to know that when you see somebody in need, that it's not just a financial contribution, but that you are literally asking them how they're doing and how you can help. He doesn't put you in the neighborhood because he just thinks that your house is gonna be the best manicured on the street. No, he puts you there because he's hoping and speaking to you that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. And as we begin to walk these things out, not only are we building trust in God, but He is trusting more in us. And this foundation is huge where we could climb an 18 foot ladder and get to the top and be confident knowing there's only one more, one more way for me to go. And that's up. You see, for me and my wife, there is no option of going down. There is no option. I refuse. For me to go down means that I, somewhere along the line, did not believe him at his word. Numbers twenty-three, nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie, and I should rest in that truth. Because men and women have lied to me my entire life. They have broken trust.
1: People break trust. We're people. But I can rest knowing that God
0: will not lie to me. He will not make me for a fool. That
1: he will stand by what he said. I can rest in that. There are some questions On your outline.
0: At the bottom of the first page, I want you guys to pull out a pen because now it's your turn. This is where I start to make things super awkward and uncomfortable for you. Do you trust in God with your whole life? I mean, could be. Maybe not. Nobody's judging. In what
1: areas of your life do you need to start trusting him? Or,
0: what areas of your life do you trust him? And in those areas, is it fully? God, I trust you with my time. But I only spent one day with him the entire year.
1: God, I trust you with my finances. But there is that one time... Where I gave, do we trust him? Then, what I'd like you to do, where can you start trusting
0: in God today? Trusting equals obedience. You want to trust more in God, we have to start being more obedient. Let's ask the question a different way. In, where, in what area or at what point today are you going to start obeying? Where do you need to obey? What is he asking you to do and are you willing to do it?
1: Please, answer away. Take a few moments. Silence. Answer Now, if you would, close your eyes, please.
0: Listen, there isn't a greater story or a lesser story when it comes to trusting in God. It's always just the first step. It's not that it gets easier. It's just that I have more to stand on. For me in May, God said, hey, time for you to plant, church, plant a church. I don't know what that looks like. Up until that point, I didn't want to know what it looked like. But I can stand on his promises and know that he's got me and he's not going to leave me or forsake me.
1: In fact, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord God will be with you wherever
0: you go. Many of you have been prompted in your heart something that was reminded of you today, reminded to you. There are areas that you know that you need to walk out in obedience, and then there are areas that God is just trying to etch you a little
1: further along into trusting Him. And I'm going to ask, all the eyes closed, If that is you,
0: and you would be so bold, so willing enough to stand to your feet and come to the front, nobody is looking around, but that you would stand up and you would say, no, I am actually going to walk out what he is calling me to do. That I'm going to actually try out what he is calling me to do. I want to walk with this trust. And if that is you, I would ask for you to stand to your feet. And I would ask you to come forward, and if the prayer team is in this room, I would love for you to come forward as well. Father, as these make their way to the front and those that are up front, I pray right now for a supernatural anointing to cover them. God, obeying your word is, is not the easiest thing, is not the most popular thing, but it's the right thing. And so we need to be strengthened. We need to be empowered. And God, I pray that you would do that for each person that's standing up here today. Lord, for those that are giving their lives to you for the first time, God, I pray that you would show them how big and how great of a decision this is for them, that this is the best day of their life. And God, I pray that you would just begin to unfold amazing things in their life as they pursue you. And for those that are here, that are wanting to obey and do the right thing and do what you've called them to do, there has never been a time in my life that you called us to do something that you did not provide. So I ask that you would provide them with the people. I ask you that you provide them with the strength. And I pray that you would provide them with the boldness to be able to do what it is that you called them to do. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank
1: you so much for listening.